Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? You are listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. This is your host, Dapper Data, as usual. Um, so today, I have something that is completely different from anything that I've ever talked about. As you all know, that I always talk about the value of data and how important it is to the end user, okay? I talk about artificial intelligence, aka AI. I talk about ML, machine learning, or... Sometimes I just bring people on the podcast that deal with data in their everyday life. As you all know, I, I, I talk to people that are in restaurants. I'll talk to somebody that is in pharmacy, um, you name it. Okay. But today I brought on a special guest because we want to talk about how to put a price tag to the value of your data. Okay. And that's very important. And so I haven't talked about that before. I always talk about how valuable the data is, but there's somebody that knows that there's a price tag that can be attached to that. Okay. And there's studies that I actually, I actually researched about based off of this conversation I had with this individual that I'm bringing on right now. But it says that in a study that I just recently read, okay, everybody that, that talks about data protection and the value of data, it says that 85% of 1,000 IT decision makers surveyed said that data was as viable as a means of payment for overcoming business challenges. Now, uh, it's, it's been many years that I've been dealing with data, as you all know, and I think data is really under underappreciated. I think it's misunderstood right and um google even said that data is like the new oil right and so that's how valuable data is but nobody ever really puts a price tag to the value of data and so i brought in this special guest okay i'll just throw his name out there jeff berman uh very very he's going to be he's going to be probably the one of the most well-known people that you um that you'll be able to see on all the social media platforms no matter what it is you know because this this person has created an idea right that 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 is very viable to the end user not just taking from the end user but it actually is viable to the end user and everybody wants to make money okay everybody wants to make money including me so i'm definitely going to dive into this idea that jeff has uh but one thing that he said if you look at his website and we'll get to that website later on but one thing that he said was i believe that since it is your data you deserve to get paid. And so he created an app called Cocoon. It's a Cocoon My Data Rewards. And so in on the website, he also talks about how data, a data company, the data company that he created, um, is all about earning money for the user, not just from the user. Okay. And so that's something that you all need to take in and, and hone in on because it's very important. Uh, but I'm not going to steal the thunder. I'll let you all uh, uh, listen in to what Jeff has to say. But, you know, I brought Jeff on to really discuss how Cocoon will help increase profits to users who share their data. Also, how tech giants are monetizing that user data right now, 
yeah, marketers, you got all these people out here that are actually taking data from you for free. We're giving it away for free, right? And so he's going to explain how to actually make money from that, all right? But without further ado, I just want to introduce you, uh, Jeff Berman. You know, Jeff, wave, say hi. Thanks, <laughs> Dave Knapper. You know, you you uh, we don't need to have this show any longer or this podcast because you pretty much explained it to your uh, <laughs> to your crowd of what's going on. I mean, you couldn't have, you, I couldn't have said it any better. Maybe I'll try, but I'll get more into the details. But thank you so much for having me, and it is an important topic. Uh, and you know, I think hopefully your uh, the podcast will uh, get people to understand that. The data does belong to you. And in fact, there's a court case in California right now. It's a, it's a wrestling match about whose data, who, whose data does this belong to? And mm. I think there's a really good argument to be made that the users created this. Yeah, they're using the machines of some company, but you're the guys that are tapping and searching and that data is flowing to someone else. And yeah, as Dapper said, you're not getting paid for it, which I just mm -hmm. think is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. You know, and I didn't know that that, that uh, court case is going on right now. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win? Do you think it's going to be? Uh, it, looks to like, <laughs> it looks to me like it's, you know, it's interesting. Uh, all of us or many of us know that Andrew uh, Yang is running for uh, mayor. And he started a group called Data Dividend. It's about the same time that we started building our app. And so we've been in communication a lot. And they're the ones that are bringing up now, and Andrew's not involved because he's running for mayor, so he's kind of divorced from the company. But mm -hmm. they're continuing with their quest in, in court that the data, A, the data belongs to, to the user and that you know Google and, and Apple should be paying you for that data. Mm -hmm. I don't know ultimately who's gonna win because you never know what a judge is gonna say, but it does look very favorable towards the, uh, uh, towards the data uh, group that they may win and it may become now just be the, in the state of California, but that you do have this right. And of course, all these new rules and CCP are all about protecting your data. And, and I have sad news for you. It's, it is protecting your data in a way, but in a way, one or two giant companies, it's not protecting you from those giant companies that have you on their platforms from taking that data from you for free. Right, right, right. No, no, that's a great point that you're making, you know. So I do want to rewind a little bit and talk about how you got into this field because uh, your background is pretty interesting, right? It has nothing to do with data, right? But at one point you got into that field, right? We talk about yeah. real estate, you know, so tell them a little bit about how you got into this field of data. Sure. So. Uh, when I started my business career, I want to say 30 some odd years ago, um, I got into the real estate business. My family background was real estate. I ended up becoming a real estate developer, which is different than being a broker. I actually built buildings. My primary buildings were, which I built, were office buildings and flex space for tech. So I kind of became interested in tech just because I was basically building for them. And in fact, one of the companies that moved into one of my spaces was uh, the company that started GoToMeeting. So it was called Citrix Online, and they were a client of mine. And when I started to mess around with, this, with the browser, which was my first sort of escapade into uh, 
the tech world, I actually used the GoToMeeting, or it was back then it was GoToMyPC, to test out a few of my theories, which were mm -hmm. very rough. And interestingly enough, I just kind of have a knack for, I'm very inquisitive, so I'll research everything. I mean, that's the number. Yeah. Being inquisitive is probably the number one advantage of a data scientist. Right? Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. a data scientist. You already, I'm going to label you a data scientist. Man. <laughs> okay. Well, it's true. I mean, for me, uh, I'm, am I constantly bugging my children? Like you said that, do you have any proof to that? I mean, that must drive me crazy. There's almost every other sentence. My poor wife, same thing last night. Well, do you have, have you looked at this? Have you done the research? Yeah. And so that's kind of me, and I always did it in my office projects. I always figured out the best. And, and here's the thing that I came from. I'm a little unusual in that I came from the customer side. I mean, yeah, I knew the landlord side, but I wanted to know, well, what did the customer need? How could we help them? And, you know, how could we make this a really pleasant, uh, in our, our business park, way before anybody else, we put in sports courts, we had volleyball courts, uh, cookout, you know, a, a place for cooking, outdoor barbecue. We did all those amenities because I felt like, well, this is what my clients were telling me they love about our, our business park. And so that was the key. Mm -hmm. And so then from there, um, getting into tech, I was very annoyed. A lot of these things, you know, when people start startups, a lot of them come from their ideas of an annoyance or or they have a better idea how to make a skin product because they've been in the business. Well, mm -hmm. I wasn't coming in from the business, but actually gave me a, a, a new view of the business with most people couldn't see. And, and this is all through my tech world. I will tell you, you know, you asked me to turn on my computer. Sure. I can do that. Ask me to code anything. Forget about it. That's something <laughs> I could do. But uh, my angle came from the concern for the customer. And so it wasn't like my concern came from how, how we're going to make money. That became a secondary you know, situation. But it was really how do I give a better experience? So with that idea, I decided that the browsing experience on the web was kind of horrible and that bad things happen to you all the time. You know, you got viruses, you, you know, you got a malware, you still get them, obviously. And so I wanted to build a secure browser which mm -hmm. meant you wouldn't get viruses, you wouldn't get um, a malware, you would have privacy. And so that's what we built. Unfortunately, I learned a valuable lesson. We had no knowledge of how we were going to make money. And I struggled with this for five or six years and then decided well, we, maybe we need to turn our attention to something else. But with that knowledge, I was able to come up with this idea like, what, what, why aren't we getting paid for our data? Since I already knew how to build a browser, like, well, what else does it need? Uh, uh, you know, is it just a browser? Could it be geolocation? And so yeah. from there, we started building this out. And then just the whole theme became, hey, why don't we pay? And you know, why don't we just take a small, small portion of the profits and give the rest to the user? I mean, why aren't they in the in the play here? So that's my background and. I'm just kind of one of these fanatical guys who's, you know, kind of an A that just doesn't want to give up on things. No, no, no. I, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, a lot of times it's not uh, when I uh, the, uh, this, this is exactly similar to how I find my found my niche in social media data analytics. And it's really not always about what you really enjoy doing. Right. Sometimes it's about the pain points that you're having in there. 
And he said, you know what? Nobody's going to solve this. I'm going to solve this freaking problem, right? <laughs> I'm tired of this. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, whether you have the financial means or whatever it is to build an app, or if you just said, screw it, I'm, I'm a tech person. And you're like, I'm just going to build it myself because nobody wants to do it. I'm tired of it. And so that's the uh, beauty of some of those things and the transformation that people have over the years. You know, uh, people can start from one place that has nothing to do with a certain thing that they end with. Right. And so I, I do appreciate that, you know, and, and monetizing. I mean, that's being in real estate. You know, that's probably exactly how, you know, being being on one end. That's what makes this product probably so great. Right. Because now, you know, that something that we talked about this earlier, right, when we we're having a discussion, real estate agents, you know, they can find value in something like a coon. They can they can find a tremendous amount of value in something like that. Right. And, you, and the user can get paid for that value. Exactly. So the perfect example would be, let's say, uh, and this is this will be some of our next steps. So let's just say you really, now there's certain things, let me back up and say certain things we won't touch. So we don't want to touch any of your personal, uh, you know, individual uh, information, meaning that we don't want your name. If we If we take an email address, we hash it so that, you know, someone will have to still piece it together. Uh, we don't we don't get into people's financials or hate speech or guns uh, or adult um, data. We just we don't touch that. So we already filter. I mean, we do better job than some of the companies who are gathering all your data that right. <laughs> to, to gather the real personal data. Uh, but we wouldn't do it anyway. We're we're here to help you, help you make money. And, and what I started to say, which was off of the real estate. So let's say that you're look, you're, you're going to start looking for a house. Well, that data becomes very valuable. And I certainly could go sell that to someone. If you don't mind, if you give me permission, I can go right. sell that data and you might get a call from a broker, but you made an extra bunch of money by mm -hmm. selling that data and, and maybe you get better even service. Right. Right. No, that's very important. You know, I mean, there's so many people that need that that actually not need they need and they take the data for free right, right? <laughs> from from the individual user. But now you're saying, hey, look, you know, why not? Why not present them money to it? You know, right. and so what you've done is you've said, OK, you, you've been able to find what data monetization is. Uh, but why is that something, you know, people should focus on? Right. You know, like why should, you know, I. I, I do struggle with um, not me personally. I understand the value of data, but think about it. There's so many users out here in the world that are saying, "Man, I don't care, whatever." You know, uh, uh, but but why is that something that you think you know people should focus on as far as being a data monetization? So let's start with the privacy piece. I mm -hmm. truly believe in privacy. That's why I built the original browser was to give people the ult the ultimate of privacy. However, unless you're using our browser, uh, and then there's a lot of leakage other ways, um, you're, you're, what you're looking at is not private. And so you need to get over the hump that, well, we have more privacy. Sure. Well, I, I just gave you the example. Sure, you might be able to cut off somebody from looking at something for privacy, um, but you're not stopping Google or Apple looking at that data. So really, you're... You know, you're just fooling yourself if you think you're private. Now, you would be private if you're using a VPN, but then you're spending an extra 100 or 200 bucks a year 
you know, it's a hassle. VPNs are a nightmare to set up a lot of times. And a lot of times, like, it kept, I, I signed up for a VPN and it kept cutting me off from my Gmail. Yeah. <laughs> Gmail didn't like the fact that I was using a browser that had a different IP address. So mm -hmm. it was total havoc for me. And I had to get rid of the VPN. Of course, I could use my own private browser. But the importance here is, and it may be just a few dollars to start, but the importance here is you have a value that you're just giving away. And mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, it could be only 2 to $3 to start. But as we grow, I'm out on behalf of my clients, which are you, uh, mm -hmm. the users, to making money. And, uh, you know, I would never do anything unethical. We're not going to sell anything that you don't want us to sell. But why not make a profit off this? Because these guys are taking all your data and they're making money off you. And you're just like, you know, we're like, uh, uh, what do you want to say? It's lambs to slaughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are unknowing that this big giant thing on top of us, which supposedly, I mean, it's almost like it should be an outer limit story where yeah. <laughs> you don't really realize that this monster above you, you think everything's swell and happy, having a good time on your server. Meanwhile, these guys with the shady hats in the background, they're making tons of money off you. I think Google right. made $400 billion off oh, of data searching and uh and browsing, I think it was a billion or a billion and a half off of your browsing data alone. Yeah, and through four billion dollars, hundred billion uh, off of your searches. So and, and it's crazy because if, if you even think about it, right? You know, they're obviously they're grabbing your data to help you make better decisions or to help them be able to present to you some type of cool stuff, right? Some some cool things, you know. And and I I'll give examples, right? You're sitting there, you're on Gmail. And they're able to, they're collecting enough data from you to be able to give you your flight time and give you an alert, right? You know, because right. you logged into Gmail and things like that, you know, but so they're always constantly monitoring you. I mean, these apps out there, geolocation, right? You know, where my car was parked, where I park at, or every time I drive to this location every day, they present this great value to you back, but they're still in your data in return, right? right. And I'm not trying to prevent them from getting that data. That's right. That's a much different story. I mean, only if you're using, for instance, our secure browser. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm not trying to prevent that. I'm just saying to you guys, hey, there's another route. If you use our browser, then yeah, uh, they won't get that data and you will get paid for it. If you're just using our geolocation, they're probably still following you around on some other app, which you don't know. Right. <laughs> it's really interesting is all these other apps that you've downloaded, they're mm -hmm. all sending that information to somebody. That's why mm -hmm. iOS 14 is coming out, and they have this new regulation that says you have to get permission from your users to sell the data. Well, mm -hmm. because you unknowingly are giving that data away, and it's right. buried in the terms of service, and you don't know you're giving it away, but you mm -hmm. are. So all these guys, uh, I know that because I know the companies that are, are 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 monetizing the data not on your behalf. Uh, and they're collecting everything in your phone. Yeah. And you're using your phone, and you, you don't even know they're collecting all this and selling it. I mean, you know, just take your music app. Even your yeah. music app is saying, okay, well, we're getting all this great data. We know where you're driving to. Uh, we know what music you like. We're going to sell the data. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a, uh, um, a playlist that was created for me specifically by my music app because based off of the data I listened to during probably during specific times 
of the day and things like that that I listen to it, right? You know, so you make great points, you know. Um, how, so so moving on to my next question, how, how do we currently give away our data for free, right? Like, you know, you have a lot of uh, companies out there that are collecting data. How do you see, how are they collecting the data for free? You know, like, because uh, we, we don't have control over it anymore, really. We're just... We're just lost in the uh, matrix, as I, I like to say, right? We're just lost. You are in the matrix, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Our personal data is out there, and we have lost control of it. But, but what, but but what you're saying? What if there's a way to claw that back, like take control right. back, and make some money of the process? Now, the Google's out there and things like that. How can you give examples of some ways that they're collecting some of this for free? Sure. So, everything you touch on. Most of the searches you do, that's key. That those are keywords, and so they're matching those keywords to something of interest, and then they present. They take that information. Uh, they they give it. In their case, Google gives it to an advertiser or somebody who might have an interest in this category, and they present you with ads. And of course, Google's making money off of those ads. So that data is valuable, not, not so much for Google. Other companies actually sell the data. Google just uses the data to acquire an advertiser or someone who wants to not necessarily buy that data, but wants to use the data so that they can advertise and then they advertise through Google. And so they get paid by Google. That's kind of how it works with Google. Oh, but, man. So I didn't even think about that. So yeah. they're not even the ones who they're just collecting the data correct, right? correct. The data. they are they are collecting um you know if you dig around in your on all the browsers you'll find that there's a permission and mm -hmm. they bury that sucker and so you don't go looking for the permissions uh and therefore they have permission when you download it in your tos you gave them permission to mm -hmm. use this data and you're unaware of my most people are unaware of it now uh Google's kind of gotten caught with this. They also got caught with the cookie thing. And so another way that they track you around the web was with cookies. Mm -hmm. They decided to uh, ban, abandon the idea of cookies because there's a lot of complaining. And now they have a new process that they're putting in place. I don't clearly understand it, but I do know they're going to be collecting your data. It's going to be yes. differently collected. But let's take an app. So. Let's say you have Shazam, and I'm not picking on Shazam, I'm just making it an example. So you download Shazam, and just as you said, Dapper, they're using that data to know where you're going, uh, and they're, they're, or what you're listening to, any other types of things, what apps you're using. So they, 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 when, when they send that information to a, um, a buyer, it has longitude, latitude, uh, where you were maybe not browsing, what stores you went to, mm. uh, what time you showed up at somewhere. So they're gathering all this data and then they're selling it to a buyer, which mm. there's a data broker usually involved. And the data broker is then selling it to a hedge fund or to an institution or to a brand, uh, to a hospital, uh, all mm. types of buyers of that data, trucking to truck you know, stations. Uh, and that's how they're making money from you and you think because you got a free product it's free well it wasn't really free your data was the sales point yeah oh my goodness 
that that is going to be mind blowing to the audience out here (laughs) because they're that because you just you just name one app but we're talking about the average user probably has about 20 to 40 apps on their phone that they're downloading and imagine how much data is being collected from those apps right (laughs) all those apps are reporting in somewhere or another and even the phone even your phone when somebody taps into the phone this way they're even collecting what other apps you have mm-hmm. so it's, mm. it's way deeper now the good news is no one's using this for dastardly at least i haven't heard about this i mean yeah there are there are people that, that they're not companies that use this data but uh th- this data is not going to harm you it's just sort of like you just don't know it's being collected and you're not getting paid for it and our our job, my opinion, our job should be to change this uh, so that you do get paid for your data. And at least you know you're going to get paid for something that you didn't get paid for before and they were just taking. And, and now what's happening, just one more thing, what, what's happening, for instance, on Apple. Apple is now making the company ask for permission maybe once or twice to gather that information. And if you say, no, I'm not sure what's going to happen because this is just getting ready to get launched. But I've heard that companies will have to do extra things to give to get you to give that data away for free. Mm. Okay. So, and meanwhile, Apple's collecting all this data on you. So they're yeah. the ones underneath all this. They're getting all this free data. And so, right. yeah, they don't, they don't distribute it. They don't sell, but they use it for their own means too. Mm. So, yeah, so so that's interesting. Um, you know, bringing up Apple. You know, and I won't dive too deep into that. You know, but I know that that's just one right between Apple, Google. You know, they and and what I think what stood out was that you're saying some of the apps are actually collecting data about other apps, right? And I think that's pretty cool because, well, for me because I'm a data scientist, so I think all that stuff is cool. I can do it, you know. But I think it's cool because what they're doing is looking at their competition. Sometimes, you know, when it when it happens. Uh, but one thing, so going back to the Cocoon app, right? And 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 I just, you know, this is probably my last my last question because I think the audience usually wants to know um, when we start talking about data, security is a big factor, right? Everybody cares about the security of their data now, right? They they didn't care about it before for some reason, <laughs> but you know now that data is the big topic in the world. Uh, now it's like okay, well, how can I protect my data? And um, and so so you mentioned some things that was pretty key. I think it's pretty key for your app because you know there's a differentiate differentiated there between your app and the other apps that come out is the security behind uh, uh, protecting the end user who is actually giving away the data. How how are you doing that? How are you protecting that? So there's two different products here. The secure browser automatically stores your data in the cloud uh, and only on the cloud. So what's different about our browser is if you're worried, like incognito, you think, oh, I'm private. Well, in a Chrome incognito, you're only private to your house or to what's on your computer. But to the rest of the world or to Google, they know exactly where you went. Mm -hmm. So there's no surprise there. We, on the other hand, our secure browser, we actually handle the data much differently. We do not sell that data. Mm-hmm. We don't give out your IP address. Uh, one of the course challenges of a company that 
doesn't do this. We don't know how to make money. I think we'll use it off keywords eventually. So that's one. The, mm -hmm. the, the cocoon monetization, purely you're allowing us, other than what we're filtering, you're allowing us to have permission to sell that data. It's always secured. I mean, when we sell this, it, it goes through a secure pipe. So mm -hmm. it isn't like some marauder could come in and, and break that and get into your data. But it will go to other companies that also are secure about your data. So they all care about your security, but they want that data. And you either unwillingly or willingly with us, you gave them the right to get that data. Right. So there's a difference between security and privacy. Security mm. means that that data is not going to escape and some marauder is going to get that. Privacy is a different story. And privacy... Um, it's more like you want to be private and you don't want anybody to know where you're going. Well, right. you know, you need to go get a VPN or use a secure browser. A, a good one is brave. It's not a hundred percent bulletproof because yeah. they just, they just do secure browsing uh, through an HTTPS, which as you know, is security, but oh, not wow. every site in the world is an HTTPS. So there are holes in that background. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 so as an end user, I have the ability to not nobody would know who I am, right? On cocoon, right? I can be anonymous, right? That's one way that you're doing. Yep. It. And you were talking about a hash at one point as well. What what was the hash that you was mentioning? So the emails are hashed. Okay. In other words, they are not. If somebody if somebody came to the site, or even even somebody who is is. Uh, What's what somebody would do is uh, so th let me start with this. They don't really care that much about you. I mean, I don't mean to yeah. be no, like they, you're they right. Want your data. They don't want your name. They're not interested in really who you are. It's not something like that. So the hashed email is much more of it goes hash all over the world. But mm -hmm. so they still don't know your identity. They just know that they've matched this hashed email to that hashed email and that you're the same person. They still don't know who you are, but they know that the the emails are the same because the hashings are the same. Okay. Right. So they're able to, to move around. But once again, to your, to your uh, audience, they're not out to necessarily harm you. They're out to just get your data and sell it. Right. And right. so that, if you feel that that's a harm, as I said, you know, well, the best way to do this is go crawl under a rock and never use a computer again. Right, because they're doing it. They're, they're taking They're doing it, and it's very sophisticated. And I don't care what you think, unless you're using a VPN, and even then you, some of your data might leak out. You're not solving the problem. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to solve the problem. And the when VPN, The VPN app may be actually collecting your data. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no. There's no doubt that that um, they are. I mean, I've heard stories. I don't have a direct story on it, but the VPNs are even selling that that data because it is anonymous. Right. And they don't give out an IP address with that, but they do sell that data. Right, right, right. So, so I do want to end this uh, pretty soon, um, but I had one more thing, and I'm uh, uh, hopefully we can make this pretty short. You know, but I was thinking about the quality of data, right? when you think about bad data equals bad decisions, I always talk about that. And yeah. so you have to clean it. Uh, so 
from a person, say I was a real estate agent or another company that's actually coming to Cocoon saying, hey, I want to buy this data. You know, how do I know that it's, it's up to date, you know, or clean or quality, right? You know, because that's that's important, right? You know, they're going to have to keep uh, refreshing the data, right? I may have an email address or not email address. I might have some data that is viable to them at this point, but I decided to do something else that changed whatever I'm going to give to them. Uh, and does it keep refreshing on a regular or? Yeah. So how our browser or how our app works is it's constantly um, taking that data and, and shipping it somewhere. But we, as I said, we filter, you know, the financials, uh, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, adult sites, things like that are all filtered out. So none of that gets to it. So it's quality in that sense that we're not selling any personal information about you. That's the quality part. As far as making it more valuable for you, well, once we can figure out, you know, what your what your favorite things are that you don't mind because you give us permission, we yeah. can then sell that for a higher price for you. Now that's in the future because we don't have the ability yet to we have the ability to 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 individualize it, but we haven't gotten to the point where we're going to sell it to multiple buyers and then you'll profit even more. That will come. That will definitely come. And that's how you'll end up making a lot more money. Well, right now you're making zero, but eventually yeah. you'll make a fair amount of money off of your data. I mean, uh, one of the data scientists said, yeah, it could be as much as $500 or $2,000 a year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over time. But it's not going to happen today. Today it's a few dollars here and there. But still, we got to get started somewhere, and I think we got to create this revolution that that we should be in charge of our data. I'm very proud of saying that, and that the, the data belongs to us or to you, and that you should have the control over the data, whether to sell it or not. Well, Jeff, man, you I think you have really um, enlightened a lot of the users out here. You know, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, as always, I usually end with the, what I call a dope data nugget at the end of the day. And what I've learned from you is that companies are selling data and they're making billions of dollars doing it. So why shouldn't we get in on the act, right? We need to get in on the act, right, as a right. user. Um, and 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 there's so many ways that you're protecting the user while doing it. So I appreciate you being on the podcast. I usually end with the overrated, underrated, you know, kind of game going What's on. That? Tell me uh, what that is. <laughs> basically, uh, uh, you have to say whether it's overrated or underrated, right? And okay. I just add random stuff, right? Just, just really fun stuff, you know, to keep it fun, so they can see the fun side of the interviewer. And and so, for instance, ice cream, overrated or underrated? Underrated. Underrated. Okay, good, good, good. I I, I agree. I love ice cream. I love ice cream. <laughs> you know. Okay, sports. Oh, underrated too. I love sports. Underrated. I agree. I agree. It should be heightened more. You know, yeah. television. What about television? Um, probably overrated. I think we could, so. We could do a little less with TV. Yeah, yeah. Amazon. Mm. Overrated. Overrated. Oh man. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because this is one of the companies that's collecting all this data mm-hmm. and not giving anything. I mean, yeah, they're giving you prices, but if they said, hey, listen, to all this data, I'm going to give you another 10% off, mm-hmm. then I would say, oh, you're great. But right oh. now I would say you're overrated. You do great. They do a great job. 
but they're yeah. already because they are not being totally honest with that thing. Yeah. Great point. Great point. All right, I'll I'll skip past some of the other questions. Uh, as far as the overrated, underrated. You no, know, no, but, ask a few more. I'm enjoying this. So that okay. that next call can wait a couple of minutes while right. I answer some of these others if you got them. All right, okay. Scary movies. <laughs> I never watch them. You never watch them? No. Would you, no, would you I have scary enough movies? scary things happen to me all the time. <laughs> Why do I need to go watch a TV that's going to scare the heck out of me? <laughs> They're overrated in my book. <laughs> Just turn on the news and you'll find out what's scary. Uh, hey, that's true. That's a great point. That's a great point. All right, the last one, video games. Um, or you can say if they're right there where they need to be, that's fine as well. Yeah, I think they are right there. They serve the right crowd. I would say overrated for people who have serious jobs and into <laughs> their business, then they're overrated. I would say right. if you're a kid... You can't get enough of them, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely You don't get into trouble. I hear these stories where the the videos are too violent. Well, I have a couple of kids, and they never got into trouble with this. But that's what I would say. They're overrated if you believe everything you're seeing in those mm -hmm. videos. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. You know, well, Jeff, you know, this has definitely been fun. You know, you were an excellent. Uh, 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 interviewee or on the on the podcast, you know I appreciate you, um, and audience out there, you know thank you again for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. I am your host Dapper Data, and and Jeff, I mean, is there anything that you want to want to tell them out there right now? Go anything? check us out. Yeah, I mean, go go check us out. We're gonna have a fundraising soon. We need to raise some money, crowdfunding, but okay. just go check out our website. It's trycocoon.com. T R Y C O C O O N dot com. You don't have, we only have Android and desktop. I would tell you, desktop honestly is not paying enough money. I wouldn't, I wouldn't download it. Mm -hmm. Or I just test it and see that you can make money. It's not much yet. Uh, if you have an Android, go download that and start driving around and we'll start making some money together. Uh, right, so great. that's, that's something's ready to go. And if you can, Get the backers, tell your friends, mm -hmm. get more support. This will go great. Now, remember, I want to tell you this. The big boys are against us. In one hour, I had launched Android on Google, and they told me I couldn't advertise. On mm. uh, a, a, a year after we started uh, um, advertising on Facebook, they told us we couldn't advertise on them. Mm. So the big boys don't want us around. They don't like the idea that we can do something for people. They want the money themselves. And I'm like, nope, let's help everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a great approach. You know, I appreciate that, Jeff. I'm sure the audience will as well. So definitely check Jeff out. It's trycocoon.com. Yep, trycocoon.com. So definitely do that. And uh, where can they reach you at if they need to reach you on LinkedIn or anything like that? LinkedIn would be great. Anybody wants to, I always respond to emails. Uh, so feel free to, uh, to, to reach me. Uh, eventually maybe we'll come back and talk about, you know, our fundraising because that's so important without, without you guys. Uh, and I'm, you know, we're focused on the small investor. Uh, hmm. I, the, the VCs, um, you know, in crowdfunding today, you don't necessarily need them. And frankly, yeah. I want to run this for people. I want people, I don't want to have somebody telling me only pay you 5% and let's keep the rest. I'm really focused in that this is about 
us. Yeah. yeah. About our community and not about the big boys. That's great. That's great. All right. Well, thanks again, Jeff. You know, as as always, you know, it's appreciate it's it's I always appreciate, you know, people coming on the podcast, you know, and, and definitely dropping some some great knowledge and stuff. Um, uh, you all can always reach me at at Mr. Dapper Data. That's at M-R-D-A-P-P-E-R-D-A-T-A on any social media platform or just uh, pinging me on LinkedIn at Bobby Roundtree. That's B-O-B-B-Y-R-O-U-N-T-R-E-E. And uh, again, I have a book out now. It's www.mrdapperdata.com forward slash dapper book. So go ahead and, uh, and and make that purchase as well. So thanks again, Jeff. I appreciate you. And I look forward to Thank you. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Data is My Science Podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data.